0: Welcome to the eCommerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.
1: Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found at ecommercepodcast.net/forward/slash/86 and you really are going to want them this week as in today's show you are going to learn how to increase the lifetime value of your customers most people focus on getting new customers but if you can maximize the value of each customer you'll be able to grow your business a heck of a lot faster so stay tuned and we'll show you how it's done
0: hey there are you a business owner here at Orion digital we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we wanna help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think.
1: Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It's great that you're here. Now, whether you are just starting out or if like me, you have been around for a while. Uh, our goal on this show is simple. It's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital business. And to do that... Every week, uh, we bring you great show sponsors who are going to help you, but we also bring you amazing guests, experts in their own field with stories, with insights, uh, with principles that we can use to help us grow and adapt and learn online. It's kind of like the coffee table conversations. And so, uh, now, if you listen to last week's show, you may remember. Uh, that I said we would have John Horn talking to us this week about Facebook ads versus Google ads. And we are still going to do that interview, uh, but my interview with John, we've decided to move back until next week. And the reason we've done that is because recently I recorded today's interview with Valentin, who happens to live... Uh, in Romania, near the Ukrainian border. And so it made sense to play this interview sooner rather than later, given the atrocities that are happening currently in the Ukraine. And Valentin uh, gives us some real and practical insight into how we can help uh, and how you know maybe some of the things that we can do and and, and we talk about that uh before we, we we then jump into this whole conversation about customer lifetime value so real helpful stuff hence the reason we wanted to play it sooner rather than later so let me tell you about this week's guest he is such a great guy, such a nice guy, a top bloke, as we would say in the UK. I really enjoyed, actually, this interview with Valentin. Uh, Valentin Radu is the founder and CEO of OmniConvert, a, uh, a growth enabler, should I say, for mid-size uh, D2C e-commerce and retail companies that are looking to increase customer lifetime value and decrease customer acquisition costs. Interestingly enough, we will be talking about all the insights he has on customer lifetime value. And let me tell you, they're really great. Uh, Valentin is also the founder and instructor of the CVO Academy, where he coaches and teaches e-commerce businesses just like you, just like me, how to scale our brands profitably and sustainably. And when he's not busy uh, scaling businesses and shaking up the e-commerce world, uh, Valentin can be found spending time with his wife, his kids and Baby, oh, yeah, fur baby. It says here, so uh, anyway, he you're gonna love it, you're gonna love this interview. I hope you'll love it anyway. I certainly enjoyed it, and it's such a timely conversation. Uh, he's a top bloke. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Valentin. Whereabouts in the world are you based
2: in Bucharest, in Romania, right near the border with Ukraine?
1: <laughs> oh, mate,
2: <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
1: How how how's it going over there? It's, uh, it's is everyone very nervous?
2: Yeah, it's uh, at the beginning they were frightened. We were frightened. I mean, everyone. The news are, were not helping at all. They were using mm. all sorts of uh, imagery from I don't know the the Syrian crisis or whatever. Yeah. Then uh, we thought that this is a scam made by the televisions. There were all sorts of voices around here that this is not for real. Then they realized that it's for real and the, the, the TV stations were not uh, fast enough to send people over there so that they can uh, broadcast. And uh, now we are uh, helping. Mainly we have around more than 100,000 people that we managed to accommodate in the last five to six days. I also helped the family to, to get here in Bucharest from uh, from through, through, through Moldova. And uh, yeah, we're doing all, everything we can. I have a few friends uh, of mine that uh, are running businesses, and they've changed completely their businesses. Now they are doing uh, uh, raising funds for the refugees. That's all they do. Sixty people wow. calling, you know, called calling other Romanian companies to to help with them because it, there are a lot of of people. You, you can imagine. I mean, one hundred thousand people. Anyways, there is a, the, this is serious, but the silver lining is that I'm pretty excited to be able to help people. You know, there are, all, yeah. there are almost all of them are women with little kids. I mean, it, we, we have to do something for for them. It's, uh, and it's really important. Oh, well
1: yeah, no, thank you for doing that. I mean, it's, um, you know, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm obviously watching it through the, the lens of the television uh, yeah. and the news Um, England, uh, whilst we have very strong opinions about what is going on, uh, we are not neighboring with the country. And so um, it's great, you know, that people like you are doing things. So good on you. Uh, Yeah. I think think it needs to happen.
2: Of course. Anyways, despite all the political whatever chess that they are playing, there are people out there which are suffering and it's... You can't, you can't say that they don't exist. You know, it's like no matter what caused this conflict to occur, no matter what NATO, Russia, Ukraine, Zelensky, anything, what happened, through them. Fact is that people are suffering, and we have to help them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. How would, um, how would, how could people from the West help? I mean, that's one of the big questions. I think everybody has. Um, what is the best way for us to sort of? actually help, we watch the news, we can go to protests and all that sort of thing. But um, I mean, there are a lot of charities doing good stuff, but from your point of view, what, what do you think?
2: I think one, uh, one thing that we can do is to raise the level of awareness for the Russian people to, to understand what's going on in their country. Mm -hmm. From what, what I know from people which are actually living there is that they are all frightened, there are thousands of people which have been arrested and the, the, the the civic society is not uh, it's very weak out there however mm. they need to raise up because it's uh, is their message their leader so at the end of the day they should be fixing uh, fixing that another way to help is to simply support uh, the ukrainian uh, uh, charities the polish ones the hungarian mm. ones the romanian ones which are helping with the refugees the red cross is doing a very good job they've been there from the very beginning at the board, at the border and uh, so, financial help. Another way to help, I think, is to uh, to do something about the the companies which are uh, in in Ukraine. We we have to to provide to vendors from the from from Ukraine, and we we keep our contracts with them, even though they are affected. We we got some yeah. uh, services which weren't as good as they were, but it, it's all at least that's what we can do to sustain them or to. Yeah to contract them because you can imagine over there uh, there are a lot of uh, individuals that simply can't uh, continue working for Ukrainian companies because everything is shut down. So if we can... uh, hire someone from there. If we can contract, We can if we can work with a freelancer from the Ukraine, that means more money in the country for them and they can sustain their family members. One of them, for instance, I had a chat with them. There, There's a guy which is doing SEO and they, he needs to support right now five other members of his family, including two oh, kids and his parents. And he's the only one that can bring one more... Uh, Penny in the uh, in the family, as everything is uh, has has stopped over there.
1: Wow! Well, you should definitely give us their details because we could we could yeah. tell people to to contact them that are used. You know, if, you're, if people yeah. are listening to the show want help with SEO, yeah, used, I like that. The, you know, one of the things you can do is reach out to Ukrainian companies that are that are you know would ordinarily do a good job that actually could do with all the help. Yeah, and this is one way that we could help them. Just be prepared for a little bit of disruption. So.
2: Mhm. There's a list which is being a, a pretty comprehensive list with a few hundreds of uh, freelancers or car companies which are looking to 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 get hired and I can provide that uh, that list it's a it's a work in progress it's like a Google sheet which is getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger as people uh, hear about it.
1: Oh no that's fantastic. Let's do that and we'll um, let's get the word out because yeah. I think that's going to be really important. Um well well Thank you for that. And like I say, thank you again for, for taking some action. Um, it's, um, it's just remarkable times, isn't it? Uh, that we're living in. And yeah, um, it looks like and- every
2: March, you know, March, every two years, uh,
1: <laughs> it's happening <Yeah>. something. That's- <laughs> There's a lot of memes going around the internet where, um, uh, I-, I saw one, I think a Simpsons one where, uh, I think Homer was in the bath, you know, and it and it said, um, first normal summer since twenty nineteen, you know, referring to the pandemic. And there was Bart behind him, ready to smack him in the head with a trade. Uh and it underneath that it said uh, Vladimir Putin, which I thought was quite fascinating. Um so yeah, every March something happens. Um and let's hope yeah. let's hope this one resolves quicker than the pandemic.
2: Yeah um, although
1: it's it's looking unlikely, but you know, um let's hope so. Um, you know, pray for peace and all that sort of
2: yeah, it's wow. quite grim, but the, the, what I think, I mean, if we look at the, the what, what can we get out of this crisis, I mean, maybe not us, but the future of generations is if they would be around, mm. if, not, uh, if, if this crazy Putin is not going to hit the red button, uh, what we can learn is that so much power in the hands of uh, a single person, it's, it's not okay. And no mm-hmm. matter what kind of uh, political systems we have we need to have uh, i don't know a council which is actually working like like a council because the the matters of uh, our planet are too sophisticated and so much power in the hands of a single person is not is not okay to 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 happen and uh, another thing is that we we should be uh, let's say uh, working on w- what kind of models we are using to interpret reality because we've been so stubborn to, to, for economic growth. And we, we've been looking at as nations, you know, we are, we are gui- guiding ourselves by the GDP growth and shit like that. But then this, this happens and we ask, ask ourselves, where, where was that coming from? But it's coming from, I don't know, for 20, 50 years. We, we know mm. that we, we, we don't have to be dependent on the energy from other countries Especially if they have this autocratic uh, systems, but still we have these dependencies from yeah. to, to to countries like that. And I guess this crisis has ha, uh, is not. It's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, you know? I mean, we yeah. we could have seen this, and our authorities, our politicians, and I bet that is the same everywhere they are posing to the tv stations as the rulers and as the leaders they fight between themselves you know to to earn mm-hmm. a few percentage in the uh, in the uh, elections but at the end of the day they are not foreseeing what what should happen and countries should work more united i mean and mm-hmm. that's another silver lining that we've seen that Europe is is really united. And yeah, it's, it's sort voice. of awakened
1: it, hasn't it? The whole yeah. like, Europe seems to have come out of its slumber a little bit, actually, more so than yeah. with the pandemic. Um, and yeah. so I think you're right. I I think too much power in the hands of one person just. We we should have learned this. Do you know what I mean? We should have learned yeah. this from a hundred years ago. It's not. This is not rocket science. Um. And. and, and I can't disagree. Uh, too reliant on different people for different energy resources, and it's and actually those energy resources are, are depleting. They're depleting. They're not renewable energy sources, and so we have yeah. to, you know,
2: maybe accelerate also, certain
1: programs and, I,
2: yeah, yeah, green energy stuff like that, and and also nuclear power. What what happens with these nuclear weapons, man? I mean, why those are existing if we do know for a fact that they could kill us, the human species mm. and whatever is alive on this planet. Why do we accept those to exist? It, yeah. it, it's like, if it's, we're a family, yeah. if this species is a single family, and we do know for a fact that we have something that can kill everything, how do we accept that? How is mm. this acceptable in 2022?
1: Yeah, now I'm with you. It doesn't make any kind of sense, but like you say, one of the things that I, I am greatly encouraged by is the 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 spirit of humanity um and you know the i think people who have definitely sort of risen up uh and said you know this is not right this is not fair this is not just uh, and we're gonna you know and everyone's doing what they can to help somebody else out and i i love to see that spirit um because i think for for a while now we've had a spirit of um uh, this is not a political show by the way but yeah. it's an interesting conversation um <laughs> yeah. you know we've had this sort of spirit of division for a polarization you know the, yeah. the cancel culture and it's like actually no every, all that has been it seems to be being put aside which is good and everyone is uniting you know in the, in solidarity here which is which is actually very good to see so um yeah tough one though tough one yeah. and so well thank you for your uh, thoughts, Valentin, on that. Thank you for your insight, and we will definitely share out, like I say, that list. Um yeah. And we'll get into that, and we will continue to pray and uh, for peace in Ukraine, and continue to hope for that, and continue to support all the different works that are getting done, which is great. But um, shall we shall we get into e-commerce a little bit? It might seem it a little bit th- tried, actually, but um, <laughs> I think uh, you know uh, it's good in the face of danger to to. Uh, it's very British, very British things carry on as normal. Uh, you know, have a cup of tea and carry on as normal. That's what we like to do. Uh, and so, you know, let's help businesses make lots of money and maybe they could donate some of those profits to the, to, you know, to the cause. So, uh, let's do our little bit. So the title of today's podcast, um, is maximizing the lifetime value of a customer. Now this is, um, one of those things, Valentin, where I, i cannot begin to understand why why it's such a difficult concept for people to grasp but the lifetime value of a customer for me is one of the most essential things for an e-commerce business so what do you mean when we talk about lifetime value of a customer let's first start there and define that
2: mhm yeah so the customer lifetime value of a cost, uh, of a customer is uh, it, it's what the business will keep in terms of uh, Margin usually is gross margin throughout the entire lifespan of that uh, of that customer. It's uh, it, there are all sorts of formulas to define it, but in a mm. nutshell, from 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 a bird view, it's uh, it's just that how much margin can you expect to get from a customer looking at the past data? And uh, usually, the formula takes into account a few things. I'll try not to get too deep into that, but <laughs> it's the the Go first thing is how many orders are placing the customers in on average, which is the purchase frequency or orders mm-hmm. per customer. Let's say a customer is placing 1.8 orders, right? We have mm-hmm. 180 orders made by 100 customers for per the analyzed period. Another term which is important is the customer retention. So how many of the customers are placing their second order, which is giving us the lifespan, yeah? yeah. Because based on the customer retention, if you expect that... Uh, 20% of the customers to place the second order. That means we we have one out of five customers uh, placing an order. Yeah. And then mm. we have the AOV, how much they are spending, the average order value, and we have the gross margin. So basically these are the terms that should be taken into account to calculate the customer lifetime value. Uh, basically we do have... Uh, So all sorts of interpretations of the customer lifetime value, which takes into account only the revenue, which I don't think it's uh, okay because you can have. Different type of uh, costs of goods sold, and that means you should ponder in at least the gross margin. If you want to be very, very specific, you could uh, rely on the net margin, but that's very complicated because yeah, a lot more
1: complicated uh, to calculate.
2: uh, Yeah. Last month, maybe you, you. You invested a lot into uh, into stock or whatever. And that means mm-hmm. your CFO should be a, a, a really valid CFO <laughs> to help you with, uh, with that. So mainly I suggest to use uh, uh, ca- the calculation which takes into account the gross margin with those mm-hmm. terms. Mainly there are ways to calculate it like a one time to do it just to see how was your e-commerce in the last three years or three mm-hmm. months. Or you can uh, use technologies to, to calculate this for you. And I think this is one of the reasons why customer lifetime value is not uh, as popular as it should be, because this is, this is essential in uh, any e-commerce uh, company. Uh, more important, of course, for companies which uh, are relying for, on uh, a better customer lifetime value and uh, yeah. uh, a higher purchase frequency. Let's say if you sell mattresses, it's not that mm-hmm. impactful. as it is if you sell uh, coffee or tea or groceries
1: yeah no totally totally get that and it's interesting um you you talk about uh maybe people don't use a customer lifetime value because it's not actually straightforward to sort of think about or define and there's there are a lot of moving parts but um in in a lot of respects it's better to do something than do nothing. And even being slightly wrong on customer lifetime value is better than not actually understanding any figure of customer lifetime value. Uh, and so,
2: um,
1: you know, just these things evolve and work as you go through. But I think for us, we have an e-commerce business that sells, um, health supplements, uh, vitamins. Yeah. And so customer lifetime value is essential because it's a, there's a lot of repeat purchase. Uh, and so, um, it's essential because it helps me understand that if I'm using, say, paid media to bring a customer into the business, um, and on that first order I make I break even or I make a slight loss, it's not too much of a problem if that customer is, that I'm bringing in has a higher customer lifetime value than just yeah. that single order, right? That's right. Um, and so this is why it's good to understand it beyond the first purchase. It's like okay, I can now make better planning and provision in my uh, in my
2: ads. Mm-hmm. What- and so. On. One thing, sorry, sorry, Matt, to interrupt you. One one thing that it's uh, uh, not acknowledged enough is that I've been a uh, uh, I'm a former e-commerce entrepreneur, and I've been looking to to break even from the first order as well. That was my mantra. You know, why why lose money from the first purchase? But mm-hmm. then competition occurred, and they raised the customer acquisition cost, and they've been playing a different game than I was uh, an, yeah. uh, acquainted with and that's why you need to look into the customer lifetime value so that you can calibrate your acquisition efforts with uh, how much you are getting from that customer otherwise yeah. you're shooting in the dark and there are at this moment the competition is so fierce that there are for for sure there are uh, teams over there from your competitors which are modeling their businesses based on how much they can afford. And that's why they are bidding higher and higher. And at some point you you stop and they acquire market share. They raise money, they acquire talented people. And then there mm. you go. You have a company which used to be the market leader or very, yeah. uh, very well established and they, they are wiping you off. Jeff Bezos said this uh, fantastically, is that whoever can spend more to acquire a customer is going to win that market so yeah. it's it's not a, mar- a matter of only becoming profitable but bar- profitable but also to to uh, thriving in the uh, in the future because it's clv versus cac is customer acquisition versus customer lifetime value this is the yeah. this is the ratio that you should be monitoring however few ceos few e-commerce managers are actually aware about this ratio and they don't mm. simply don't know it and they solely rely on things like roas which is a skewed metric because if it's reported by the Facebook, uh, business manager yeah. or whatever, you're it's really... almost like
1: a waste of time now, isn't it? That number. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's definitely a waste of time. And in fact, we've now, we don't just have one row as actually on our advertising. We have, um, different pillars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we understand the cost of acquisitions for new customers is very different, say, the cost of acquisition for a returning customer. Um, now, that's really fascinating. In the old days, Valentin, uh, you may not remember these, but I certainly do remember the old days when, the you know, pre-internet, uh, as they say. Yeah. Um, supermarkets used to have what they called loss leaders. And so they would have products which they would deliberately sell at a loss. Yeah. They, would, they would lose money every time they sold it, but they knew that would draw you into the store and then that would cause you to buy, you know, while you're there, you're going to pick up half a dozen to a dozen, I don't know, other groceries while you're there, which they are making profits on. Yeah. And so this whole idea of the lost leader was born. I was very good friends with a supermarket, a guy who owned a chain of supermarkets. And for him, this was sort of the how it worked. You had to choose a good product, have it as a loss leader, and it drew people in. But again, yeah. he understood um, the customer lifetime value, and he, although he didn't phrase it like that back then, but it, it's the same principle, you know. And this is sort of carried on with time. Okay, so we have understood why customer lifetime value is important. Don't go anywhere because when we get back after the break, we're going to look at this a whole lot more. Stay with us. Uh, we'll be back shortly.
3: Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan-friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colours or flavours, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day and we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future so what are you waiting for get started now by heading over to vegetology.com
0: hey there are you a business owner here at orion digital we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think.
1: So I'm back with Valentin. We are talking about customer lifetime value and how to maximize it. We understood before the sponsors, the amazing sponsors, do check them out by the way. Um, why uh lifetime value is important so we've got a we've got our ideas uh, valentin how do we start to go about maximizing then our lifetime value what what are some of the things that we can do and i remember in our pre um you talked about the three pillars of customer value optimization um what are those and and, and how is it going to help us
2: yes the um, the transition that we're seeing right now is from acquisition marketing to lifecycle marketing. So we Mm -hmm. need to take into account the whole lifespan of the customer. So in order to uh, retain more customers, you need to acquire the right customers. And that means that the first pillar of customer value optimization is acquisition. So are Mm -hmm. you acquiring the right customers with the right products or not? Then the second pillar is conversion. Yeah. Are you Mm -hmm. converting your traffic into Uh, customers. And then the third pillar is customer retention. There were all sorts of debate which I think were simply useless about is uh, acquisition more important than retention is conversion more it doesn't mm. matter so it's the is the whole in order to have a, a, a working customer journey you need to focus on all <laughs> of those three aspects if you, yeah, if you keep on pouring uh, traffic into a website which is not converting then you're not doing the right thing if you keep mm. acquiring customers that never come back you're you're wrong unless you are selling I don't know wedding rings and the divorce rate is uh, almost zero
1: <laughs> yeah Or mattresses yeah. yeah.
2: Or mattresses, yeah. Uh, however, even if you are selling mattresses, you can you can upsell. We we have a yeah, customer absolutely. from the UK actually, which is uh, selling uh, blankets and all sorts of uh, things like pillows. So you can still increase the CLV, but the, the the most the most significant part is in the first purchase, indeed. So these are the three pillars of customer value optimization in order to improve customer lifetime value, you, you have to know who's your customer. And that that mm-hmm. is one of the most ignored disciplines in marketing because almost all of the companies that I've worked with have been focusing most of their resources in acquisition and in campaigns, in tweaking out the messaging without doing customer research. So the customer mm-hmm. research is the first and foremost important because if you have the customer research then you will affect all of those free phases, right? You will affect yep. acquisition because you will know why the customers are buying. If you do, for instance, research, you can find out how the customers are articulating the why behind their purchase intent, why they've bought. How they are saying it, not how we are saying it as as marketeers, because that's that's another problem. We we keep on throwing (laughs) features and discounts at people without knowing if they actually need the I don't know uh, a screwdriver or if they are Mm. using if they are why they need the product that we are selling. So the why behind the purchase is crucial because that's the job to be done. So we've made the whole CVO methodology which starts with the customer research, because that means you understand what you are buying. Peter Drucker used to say beautifully that most companies don't even know what they are selling.
1: it's it's fantastic
2: but it's true i mean we 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 are not selling objects we are selling solutions to problems that if and if we don't know the real problem that we are solving for our customers we can't differentiate and that's why ads should be and the creatives should be uh let's say in in correlated with the needs and the emotions that the customers have that's why the the best ads out there are triggering some emotions and some frustrations some struggling moments when you say yes that's what i need and you you you, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. insert yeah. your card details because you remember that frustration that you had when you couldn't whatever you couldn't reach out for your uh, wife because you, your battery is down again and you're cursing apple for that so <laughs> that's the struggling moment that's the yeah, yeah. that's why you are buying right so yeah. We start, and the, the first thing is to start with the customer research to understand why they are buying and who are mm. your best customers. And for that, uh, a thing that I've been drying my mouth to, to, to promote is called RFM segmentation, which in retail, the, the, the biggest uh, retailers in the world are using it. It's a way to understand who are your best customers. Who are the customers? So
1: what's RFM segmentation?
2: Yeah, RFM stands for Recency, Frequency, and Monetary Value. Instead of looking at all the customers, uh, like they are the same, you group them based on how recently they've bought, how frequently they've bought and what's their customer lifetime value. So it's not only the ones that have bought the most that are important, but the ones that have bought the most have bought in the last purchase cycle. Let's say you're selling uh, cosmetics and the purchase cycle is every three weeks. Mm -hmm. So the ones that bought 10 times from your store, they bought a lot and they've been active in the last three weeks, those are your super consumers. We call them mm-hmm. the soulmates, right? The customers that <laughs> like are that, in love with like your that. brand. Yeah. So by knowing who the soulmates are, you can do research on their buying uh, behavior. You can understand who they are, why they've bought, how they are articulating the reasons why they are buying, and then you can transform your whole positioning. So let me give you an example, Matt, from from a, uh, a company in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They've been selling, uh, they are selling weighted blankets and they thought that it's called hush blankets. Uh, They, uh, they thought that they are selling the cuddling feeling. All their ads were around the cuddling feeling, the cuddling effect, feeling warm and cozy staying in front of the TV with a weighted blanket. So that's what was their positioning. I've been doing two years ago. I've been running these jobs to be done interviews on their best customers. The ones that bought not only once, but actually twice or even Mm three times. We realized that the ones that they were buying weighted blankets were actually having a medical condition. So they were sleep deprived. They had insomnia. They had to either get sleeping pills or find another solution. They, they, they weren't open to buy sleeping pills because they were knocked out and they had mm-hmm. to take care about their relatives. Maybe they had kids or they had uh, an elderly elderly person that they need mm-hmm. to take, mm-hmm. it, uh, take care about. So that's why they were buying the weighted blanket. After we were looking at the revenue distribution from everything that they've bought, we realized that 62% of everything that they've bought was around this job to be done. Like, help me get a normal life. Help me get oh, some wow. sleep. Not yeah, yeah. don't give me the cuddling effect because I, I'm having serious <laughs> problems, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thanks to that realization, they managed to understand that they also had the job to be done, which was around cuddling effect. But that was not that important because mm-hmm. those people which were sleep deprived also became ambassadors, and they've they've been right. so happy about that that they started to give it as a gift. To the dear ones, to to their Mm -hmm. kids or to their parents or whatever. So they were brand ambassadors and they were the soulmates. So that ended up with another positioning for the company and with another lifecycle email marketing campaign because they knew that uh, if you are happy about it, then you will promote it to a friend. And they've started to incentivize them into doing exactly that. So basically, that's how it works. That's why you need RFM segmentation, and that's why you need customer research, because you can transform your whole company if you apply it correctly.
1: Wow, that's incredible. That's a, that's a great story. Uh, I, I remember the cuddles factor. Uh, that, that'll stick with me. Um, I mean, uh, Valentin, this all sounds great, right? And I can just—I imagine people sort of listening and go, I oh, get it. I understand it. I need to you know, understand why people are buying my actual products and and dive into that a little bit more. Maybe that leads to more differentiation. Maybe that leads to different opportunities. I guess the first question that's going to come to everyone's head is how, you know, how do I do this? Where do I start? How do I, you know, if I'm, if I'm a solopreneur, maybe rather Mm -hmm. than a company with unlimited resources, but where's a good place to start with something like this?
2: Yeah, I, I would start with learning more about it. So, um, Uh, I think that's the, the one of the main jobs of an entrepreneur is to learn about the business that they are in and you can't mm-hmm. outsource knowledge to someone else you know you can't hire mm-hmm. someone to be the smart one in your in, in your company <laughs> you should become smart enough to hire other smart people but the essentials of your business should be nailed by by yourself so we yeah. have this uh, uh, academy it's called the CVO academy uh, where we got uh, a Harvard Harvard Business School professor, Bob Mesta, which is teaching about the jobs to be done. We have uh, a, a Facebook uh, ad campaign uh, expert. Now, I, I'm I'm refraining from saying guru or whatever. So it's uh, <laughs> Dennis Hugh, which uh, is a fantastic uh, expert in Facebook. Then we have uh, email marketing uh, experts. We we are all we ha- have all teamed up so that we. Teach this type of methodology, customer value optimization methodology, and uh, okay. I, I suggest to start with the learning. Then mm-hmm. it's uh, it's all a matter of uh, looking, uh, diving into your your own data because the uh, the data is there. It's just that few companies are leveraging it we, there are all sorts of tools we are selling a tool which is doing that but it's not about the tool even though I'm a, a, a vendor it's not about the tool because it's uh, uh, if you don't know how to use it then you you will not extract the value that you have in your in your database so it's all starting with the knowledge about the solution that you are looking to uh, to to establish over there so there are tools that allows you to do RFM segmentation. Then there are tools that allows you to trigger different campaigns via email, ads, uh, SMS, website. Yeah. Yeah, so Because it's all a matter of being relevant. It's not about giving the best solution, but it's about giving a relevant solution to the customers. And most companies are just throwing discounts right after the first order. Here's another story for you. There was a company which was uh, selling it, it uh, they, they were selling uh, uh vitamins and mm-hmm. uh they they had this uh, email i'm not gonna name it of course they were selling vitamins it was the first purchase then right after the first week they've been triggering a discount hey here's 10 percent. Buy this this or the other after we've been looking in the in their data there's a mm-hmm. thing called average days between the transactions, which is the purchase cycle, right? We were looking Mm -hmm. when are the customers, which are actually buying the second time, when they are placing their next order, it was after 42 days on average. So mainly imagine that you're buying vitamins and it's common sense. Eventually you're buying vitamins, you you can't see it on your own body. If these are having any kind of effect and you get a call from, because an email is like a touch point, right? You get a call Mm -hmm. from the shop, Hey here's 10% for you, buy again from us. It's crazy, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. it, the consumption precedes buying, right? If you're not yeah. consuming a product and if you're not getting the value out of that product, how come you are uh, trying to, to sell that product again to that individual? So basically that's, uh, that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And so um, if I can circle back a little bit, uh, Valentin, one of the things that you talked about in your three pillars um, was acquisition, but you were really careful with the language that you used, I noticed. You said the acquisition of the right customer yeah. uh, as opposed to just acquisition of any old customer. Uh, why do you differentiate that? And, and um, mm-hmm. wh- what's the reasoning there?
2: Yeah. With the RFM segmentation, you can find that you have the ideal customers. So... For the context, from our benchmark, from 2,500 stores which are buying all sorts of stuff, we've realized that one single ICP, one single ideal customer profile, is as valuable as 327 low-value customers. Let's say. Wow. And why is that happening? Because let's presume you are selling vitamins and you have a customer that bought 25 times from you. You paid the customer acquisition cost at the beginning. You've mm-hmm. been paying some remarketing and email, whatever, to nurture that customer. Mm-hmm. And you have those multiple uh, orders from that customer. And that's your gross margin. Then you have mm-hmm. a low value customer that you acquired in a discount campaign. You've paid for the ads. You haven't even broke even at the first purchase and they are not buying again from you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. And with the RFM, we call those the breakups, right? Customers that are not... Uh, uh, buying again from a store and those breakups are let's say it's toxic to acquire them let's say that and they are buying some sorts of products they are buying it for different reasons than the ICPs and with the research you will identify which are the breakups and that's how you inform the acquisition based on which are the products that are making our customers stick around and buy again which are the products that are making the customers Happier than the other ones, right? Because you have all sorts of uh, levels of satisfaction, and that's why with the research you will be able not only to use a different uh, positioning and messaging, but you, mm-hmm. you can push different products from your product assortment.
1: Mm. That's really powerful. So, one you call them ICP, the ideal customer, the ideal customer profile, right? Yeah. Um, uh, one of those has a value of three hundred odd sort of poor value customers. And I mean, obviously that's going to different be different for different businesses and you yeah, should of figure course. it out. You should take some time and understand what that is for your business. But that's really incredible when you look, I mean, you've taken that figure from looking at what, two and a half thousand stores, you said. So, I mean, if that's an average, I mean, that's an incredible figure. And so this um, understanding who your good customers are, your ideal customers and, and pursuing those rather than just any old customer. This is... Um, this again comes back to your whole thinking on research, doesn't it? And taking the time to do this and do the research um, is not something I think entrepreneurs are notorious for because we're an impatient bunch yeah. uh, and we just want to get going, right? It's just like, stop <laughs> ads now, let's get going, let's run uh, at this full steam ahead. And, um, and, and taking the time to look at it is an interesting one. Where would you go, I guess, or what tools are out there to help you start to get some of this insight from the data? I mean, is it a case of just importing all your orders into Excel and just going through them and figuring it out, or is there, are there some tools out there that can help us?
2: Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Most of our customers that are coming to us have been trying this uh, on their own with the SQLs and queries and whatever. So one thing that you can do if you're really advanced, you can uh, use this kind of queries or uh, Tableau or ClickView or BI tools, which are kind Mm -hmm. of expensive. Uh, or big query from Google, you can build it. So it's like you you can build some models. The problem is that it's going to be a mess to actually take uh, uh, a different uh, messaging to all those customer groups. So from an analysis point of view, you can do it uh, with the data analyst. Uh, mm-hmm. we, are, uh, we have built this technology in the last nine years. From 2017 mm-hmm. onwards, we focused completely on customer value optimization because we realized that, it's a uh, it's a blue ocean and it's something that companies really need and now that the acquisition costs are surging we are seeing a high mm-hmm. demand on the technologies and the solutions that we are we are offering so i would start you can simply download your database use excel do this type of rfm segmentation another alternative mm-hmm. you're if you're uh, uh having something like shopify or magento or uh, Vtex, for instance, we have these mm. uh, integrations with them. So you can use a tool such as ours. It's a 30 days uh, trial. You have all the data that you can imagine over there, mm. and you're being a better position to realize what's going on in your uh, in your e-commerce without messing out with the data. But that's mm. the first step. Again, I'm telling you that. Uh, uh, knowing what the problem is, is not fixing the problem. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's as good as having an X-ray that says, okay, you have a broken bone. And mm-hmm. that's it, that, that's with the analysis actually. And it's mm-hmm. a difference between uh, knowing about the problem and fixing it. And in order to fix it, you, you have to get into this type of, uh, let's say, journey to start with the customer research realize what's going on and then changing the messaging and uh, nurturing the customers down the line with mm. all all the email marketing campaigns should be taking into account the RFM segment but because that's how you are relevant otherwise you're broadcasting to everyone the same thing and seeing what yeah. sticks
1: yeah that's no, very very good very important um i've i'm i'm intrigued to sort of uh understand um, where where the biggest um, I guess uh, where the biggest market you've seen this have massive impact do you know what I mean I, I, you've given us examples for example of the blanket <laughs> and the vitamin company but where else have you seen this work sort of super well for e-commerce businesses
2: yeah it's um an important and easy to do thing is to to do acquisition based on lookalike audiences that are like your best customers. So Mm -hmm. we have a thing called the audience builder uh, because changing the behavior is very hard, Matt. So what we've noticed is that many companies are using our software. They realize what's going on and then they go back to doing some Facebook ads because that's what they are doing, you know, acquisition, marketing. Mm-hmm. And we we have seen good results on building lookalike audiences based on the RFM segments of the best customers, right? And then mm-hmm. doing custom audiences on them because you have, we call them another RFM segment, for instance, it's called the new passions. These are customers that have placed recently a, a single order, but that order placed them among the best customers in terms of the monetary value. Mm -hmm. So they are customers with very high potential and very fresh. For them, you can do email marketing campaigns differently. Mm -hmm. You can do nurturing campaigns via ads differently because you know that they have a high potential to spend from from your store. And looking at what they have been buying and pushing products which are relevant to them allows them to get into the buying habit because it's all a matter of changing customer behavior that's all we want to do actually all the marketing is around influencing and changing behavior so in order to change that you can you can use this type of, uh, of approach and it's very easy to run campaigns because you already do campaigns yeah. it's just that you can you you now do it with the uh, with a twist right knowing that you have Better customers out there. So you can inform the Facebook algorithm, which is heavily affected about the cookie and iOS 15 by pushing the list of your best customers. So mainly mm-hmm. you, uh, you help the algorithm by saying, okay, these uh, 2000 customers, we do know for a fact that they look alike. Yeah, and then find yep. others that look like these ones because you already know them. You have the their profiles, and that's how it works. with we've, we've been seeing fantastic results. For instance, even in uh, for a company which is uh, selling furniture, uh, we were surprised as well because the purchase cycle in uh, when you buy. Uh, Furniture is not that high, but what they have been doing, they've been reactivating the customers which were sleeping away, right? The the Mm -hmm. about to dump you customers. And that was really fantastic because that uh, led to uh, a 40% increase in the conversion rate for those ads compared to the normal uh, remarketing ads.
1: Mm, That's incredible. So, I mean, I find, again, this fascinating, Valentin, it leads to a whole bunch of more questions, if I'm honest with you. Um, so, uh, you've got, you've talked about different profiles and marketing differently to different profiles. So, you, yeah. um, I've noted so far, we've talked about the ideal customer profile, the ICP, we've talked about the rubbish customer profile. Um, that is breakups. you should just let go. Yeah. The breakups, <laughs> um, you talked just then about, um, the first time customer. So their monetary value is high, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the recency is high on the RFM model. They purchased yeah. recently and it's high value, but the, the frequency is low because yeah, it's, it's the maybe the first time they've purchased. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got those different profiles. Are there any other profiles, um, that sort of spring to mind that I should look out for?
2: Yeah, that's, there's an in very important profile, which we call the ex-lovers, those are customers <laughs> that used to be soulmates, <laughs> now they are gone. Yeah. So we are, okay. we're using using this labeling uh, system, and it, it kind of works because people can relate to that. So they yeah, used yeah. to be soulmates, and now for a year they they haven't done anything. So usually, what marketers are doing for uh, with them, they are doing uh, something which is called reactivation campaigns, which I think mm-hmm. most of them are crappy because they don't work because you can't. Revive the the long gun customers. What we, you can mm-hmm. do though, which we've seen it worked with the company from Australia selling uh, fashion goods, they they've disguised a, a a reactivation campaign into a research campaign. So instead of pushing, hey, here's a discount, long time no see, they yeah. push something like let us understand why it was something like that what happened or why why was mm. that happen what happened between mm. us it was something uh, among this line that was the subject for the the, the email and they've also run ad campaigns on that so the the results were fantastic from two perspectives one that because they they had customers which were pissed off and it was the first time when they actually asked yeah, yeah, them yeah. what happened yeah, yeah. And they got a, a lot of insights to fix their customer journey, like uh, different measures to their clothes or stuff like that that they weren't aware yeah. of. And another way thing was that at the end they justified giving them a discount code because they've answered to it. And if you think about it, it was like a uh, like I deserve it now. You know, I've answered yeah. to the survey and I earned this uh, discount. It was uh, uh, something like uh, twenty five dollars if you yeah. bought more than one hundred. Yeah. But many of them used it just because they 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 had this uh, bias and uh, that, that yeah. they've earned their right to use it. And now what can I do with it? I have to yeah. use it. So the, like that. that's how you can work with the uh, ex-lovers. And based on the insights, it's crucial. And we haven't touched the subject. It's crucial to, to fix customer experience because mm-hmm. now you have so many options to buy the same things from different vendors, different mm-hmm. uh, stores that you can... Simply do like an alt tab or swipe to to change your provider yeah. of whatever you're buying. So customer experience is becoming a differentiator because there are many companies out there which are doing the standard job. You know, they, they ship yep. products from A to B. But if you yep. add a, a bit of extra uh, mile in your customer journey, then you can... Uh, uh, rip off the, the rewards from, from this action. And that means simply asking if customers are happy about it. It's not fantastic. It's not about giving them gifts or whatever. These are nice to have, but the hygiene part is, hey, are your sh- are, are the shoes fitting you mm-hmm. or not? You know, it's, it's something that it, you close the loop because many companies are broadcasting, right? They are broadcasting mm-hmm. and they are not listening. And by using NPS, for instance which I'm a really big fan of NPS, you find out if you've done your job as a, uh, as a company.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I like that. I like that. I like the different names you give you, different profiles as well. The ex-lover, the soulmate. I, I think that's, um, that's just fantastic. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Listen, Valentin, this has been fantastic. And I feel like we could talk much, much longer, um, but I'm aware of time. How do people reach hold of you? How do people connect with you if they wanna do that?
2: I'm uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I also have a newsletter out there. Every today, actually, I'm going to send uh, uh, another newsletter. I'm stubborn, and I I'm now at number 26. So for 26 weeks now, half a year, I'm doing this uh, to to get in touch with uh, everyone. And also, you can message me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to to help you out. Also, if someone wants to get deep into these uh, kind of things on the CVO Academy, we have two free courses. One is about customer behavior and why the mm-hmm. customers are behaving. And it's a, it's a really valuable uh, material over there. And another one, it's like a mini course of the CVO methodology where they can learn what, what they should do, should do with their, uh, their e-commerce.
1: Fantastic. And I, I assume if they're a couple of free courses, you've got some paid courses, if people want to take a real deep dive.
2: Yeah, we're we're about to launch a new course with uh, the chief strategy uh, measurement officer from uh, uh, Google, Neil Hoyne, which, oh, wow. uh, just launched his book, Converted, a really, really cool guy. And he's explaining how Google understood customer lifetime value and a lot of insights and case studies from uh, from him. So there are all sorts of paid courses as well. And the whole uh, CVO Academy, with, which has something like 20 hours mm-hmm. of content, it's a really serious endeavor, but yeah. the, the feedback was fantastic out of uh, the, the students that graduated and they also get certified into uh, doing CVO. I think in the next few years, the agencies and the professionals uh, from uh, from from let's say client side, will differentiate themselves if they understand the whole business. So they, we yeah. can't be siloed anymore. We need to understand the whole lifespan of the of the customers.
1: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, and sign me up for the for that course uh, with you know with the chat from Google. That'll be that'll be fascinating. I'd love to get involved in that. Um, listen, thank you so much for being with us here on the e-commerce podcast. It's been phenomenal to talk to you. No doubt, we will have you back on again soon and thank you again valentin for all you're doing for your neighboring nation in the ukraine uh it's great to hear those stories and um, all power to you man bless you i appreciate you being here
2: perfect thanks a lot matt and uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening or watching us today
1: my thanks again to my very special guest valentin today what did you think what did you think to what you said about customer lifetime value? And is there any way that you can get involved and help with what's going on in the Ukraine? Uh, I hope that was helpful. Uh, the links that he mentioned, his LinkedIn link, the link to the Google sheet and all that sort of stuff will be in today's notes. You can get those links, notes and transcripts for free uh, on our website. Just head on over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 86 and you'll get all of those. Um, Make sure you do. Yeah, next week, we will actually have the conversation with John Horn, the one that we uh, moved back. So, John, thank you for your understanding. Uh, But we've got our conversation with John coming up about why you should ditch Facebook ads and use Google ads instead. Now, I appreciate this is a slightly contentious title, and I like that. I like the fact it's slightly polarizing. Um, And if it sounds interesting, and to wet your whistle, here's an excerpt from next week's show.
3: So I view Google as a
2: lower funnel, higher conversion rate channel. So if we have people Mm -hmm. who are searching for what the client sells, um, typically I'm going to start with Google and look to mm-hmm. max out the, the number of people searching for that, getting that traffic, optimizing the conversion rate, so forth and so on. And then once I've been able to do that and also even prove the model and see and do testing of, okay, what messaging is performing best? What are people actually searching for? What are the pain points that they're typing in? Then I'll typically expand to a Facebook, Instagram, and so forth to capture additional audience or to get people into my funnel.
1: Yes, I am looking forward to this one. Uh, if you've enjoyed uh, this week's show, if you've enjoyed uh, Conversations uh, with Valentin, then I'd appreciate it if you could give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And of course, share it out so we can connect with more people around the world, which enables us to get the sponsors, which enables us to keep delivering this content to you. It's kind of, you know... A win-win scenario. Uh, and as I said at the start, all of the notes, links and transcript to today's show are online and you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net. That's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. Do join us next week uh, and uh, for our conversation with John. Make sure you subscribe and it will come to your inbox automatically. Yes, it will. Uh, that's it from me. Thank you so much. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.